Welcome to a podcast of the Discovery Institute's Center for Human Exceptionalism. I'm David Bowes, your host. In recent writings, Discovery Institute Senior Fellow Wesley J. Smith recently explored the ethical concerns of the current administration's move to mandate that all employers in the United States have health care plans that cover FDA-approved contraception, even those that induce abortion, female sterilization, and other so-called reproductive services, even if doing so violates the religious doctrine of the employing organization or individual. He wrote how these kinds of mandates have very serious consequences and could essentially redefine and greatly curtail freedom of religion in the United States. To talk about and explore these issues, I am joined by constitutional attorney Steve O'Ban of the law firm Ellis Lee and McKinstry in Seattle. White House spokesman Jay Carney said, I don't believe there are any constitutional rights issues here when it comes to the administration's policy to force any religious organization to provide contraceptive coverage to their employees. Is that so? Are there no constitutional issues raised by the administration's latest action? There are a a plethora of constitutional issues raised by the Obama administration's current action. Let me just outline a couple. One is they try to drive this distinction between houses of worship who are exempted from this health care initiative and those that are affiliated with an established church. And these would be hospitals and schools, social service organizations that are faith-based, everybody as much as a church is, but are not, in a classic sense, a place of worship. When you make that kind of distinction or try to, it's unconstitutional. You can't favor one form of religion over another. That's a violation of the Establishment Clause. What do you mean by that? How is it that it's favoring one form of religion? Well, think about our nation's beginning. There was a national church in England, and one of the things the founders wanted to avoid in the U.S. was a national church that would be supported by the government over some other church that it wasn't going to support. So it put in our very first freedoms basically the limitation on Congress not to establish religion. And the way that's been interpreted since the 18th century is that Congress cannot do anything that would favor one form of religion over another under the Establishment Clause. And the way this does that is is to say, we will create an exemption for a a classic church, but we're not going to create an exemption for, say, a a parachurch organization that's every bit as faith-based and carrying out a religious purpose is just one is worship and the other one is, say, humanitarian, helping people who are in need or who have medical needs. In other words, the Obama administration, by saying we specifically want to limit the exceptions to the church buildings, what they're doing is they're discriminating against religious beliefs that require members to go out and serve in other capacities. Precisely. And what's the implication here? If this rule goes forward, what kinds of restrictions will religious organizations have? What will that look like? Well, I think there's probably at least two options here. Take, for example, a Catholic charity, say that places children in foster homes or provides services to the poor. It has to have employees, and therefore it has to have health care program under Obamacare. And it has to provide for abortifacients and contraceptives under this uh, initiative. And so it has the choice of either deciding to close down because it won't violate its conscience and provide that health care, or it's going to have to violate that conscience. And Catholics are just not going to do that. So what we're going to have is less charitable services 
provided by faith-based organizations. Is there a precedent for what the Obama administration is trying to do when it comes to uh, implementing this rule? Absolutely none. I know this will be challenged. I believe and hope that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, which would probably ultimately get this challenge, would find in the way that I've outlined that this is a violation of the Establishment Clause. But it's unprecedented. It's never happened before. So you can't be sure what the Supreme Court would do, again, because the state has never tried to do this. Uh, some believe that the 9-0 Supreme Court ruling allowing a Lutheran church uh, to fire a minister who would have been protected under normal employer-employee relations under the Americans with Disabilities Act, some have argued that that will provide some shelter against the Obama administration's rule attempt. Do you agree with that, or is this a different kind of case? It's a different kind of case. I think that that's certainly persuasive authority, or it's a decision that a court might rely upon or look at for guidance, but it's really a different context. We just haven't had the situation where the government has tried to impose such a draconian mandate that would so directly violate conscience in this way. It was pointed out by a Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism senior fellow Wesley J. Smith that the Obama administration is also following up with a part of this rule that would not only force the churches to do what they're directing when it comes to these other missions in terms of providing contraceptives and abortifacients and other kinds of things that they might disagree with, but also if they don't provide it, they would require the employees to be informed of it by the parent organization. So churches and other places would then have to inform where the public clinics and hospitals and uh, other contraceptive services and abortifacients were. Is that a violation in any way of the First Amendment for these organizations? I could certainly see that it would be for some faith-based organizations to be actually participating in or assisting their employees to get a medical service with which they had a profound religious objection, they might feel that that is you know, aiding and abetting and basically a sin, as, as they would see it. And as I understand it, the Obama rule has a one-year probationary period for organizations to get in line with this new mandate. And in that year, they can get around the requirement by notifying their employees and sending them, as you said, to local clinics and so forth. But that opportunity closes after a year, and then they would have to provide the abortifacients and the contraceptives. Even then, with the White House spokesman, uh, Jay Carney, saying the administration believes that this proposal strikes the appropriate balance between respecting religious beliefs and increasing access to important preventative services, how exactly does it does it balance respecting those beliefs? And, and what does the Constitution say about uh, government providing that balance? What would be the appropriate balance? There's nothing balanced about this. What I think is really happening here is the Obama administration, whether wittingly or, or unwittingly, is trying to do something that the left has been doing for the last several years. And that is, is to say, we'll let people of faith practice their religion, observe their, the dictates of their religion, as long as it's just confined to a house of worship. But if they want to get out into the public square and have a role and work out their faith through charities, through hospitals, through schools, that kind of activity is not entitled to protection. That's secular in nature. We're going to regulate that. So if you don't want to have our regulations, then stop providing those services. I think this is really a war on 
people of faith who want to make a difference in their community but still maintain their religious convictions. I think Smith has described that as the difference between freedom of worship and freedom of religion. Is that how you would describe it as well? It may be a useful characterization, but I'd say for a lot of believers, Catholics and Protestants alike, worship for them is providing service to those in need. Think of the founder of Christianity, Jesus Christ. When he came, he didn't just preach the gospel, the good news of salvation. He went out and healed people. And people of faith have been trying to emulate their Savior in that same way. And the Obama administration is saying, no, we're going to define Christianity a different way, and it only involves worship and not serving the poor and those in need. Does it ultimately put the state in the functional area of deciding what the ultimate moral values are? Yeah, and it's another aspect of violating the free exercise clause. The government is saying what true religion is, and if you don't subscribe to our form of religion, then you are going to be regulated and you're going to be forced to uh, violate your conscience uh, through our rules. And the only way to avoid the penalties of government is to adopt our view of religion. That's another violation of the Constitution. The exceptions that the Obama administration put in place for organizations uh, regarding the new birth control rule was to qualify for an exemption as a religious employer, an organization has to meet four criteria. This is uh, from the Federal Register. One, the inculcation of religious values is its purpose. Two, it primarily employs persons who share its religious tenets. Three, it primarily serves persons who share its religious tenets. And four, it's a nonprofit organization under sections of the code that refer to churches, their integrated auxiliaries and conventions or associations, as well as to the exclusively religious activities of any religious order. What strikes you about those exemptions? Well, it proves my point. They are defining the exemption as only those organizations which are classically houses of worship. And I I find something even more bizarre and and peculiar about that definition. As you noticed, and it would be confined to those organizations that only serve people who share their faith. Right. How many churches exclude unchurched people from coming in even to their houses of worship? Do they ask, are you a believer? And if if you're not, well, you can't come in and hear the good news and, and be served by a church. No church does that. So this even defines a form of religious worship that is incompatible and foreign to the vast majority of churches. This has never before happened in the history of the United States where the government's been trying to step forward and mandate these kinds of things among religious organizations. Never. Never. Unprecedented. Constitutional Attorney Steve O'Ban, thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for having me on. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Discovery Institute's Center for Human Exceptionalism. For more information or to donate to the Center for Human Exceptionalism, please go to discovery.org, click Human Exceptionalism, then click the yellow Donate button. This podcast is copyright 2012 The Discovery Institute. All rights reserved. 